0: data actually doesn't change your behavior it's emotions that
1: do this is the brilliance leadership learning podcast sharing thought-provoking content and discussions to enhance your leadership development journey be sure to subscribe to get notified of new episodes here is your host Chantal Nash digital learning and engagement manager from the team at Crotonville, GE's global learning institute Today, on the Brilliance Leadership Learning podcast, I have Karen Eber, who is a global leadership development and culture expert. She has spent her career helping individuals, teams, and organizations perform their best. Karen leverages performance consulting, change management, coaching, neuroscience, and strengths based development to create high performing teams. Now, throughout her career, Karen has worked with CEOs, leadership teams, and employees themselves to work through different challenges, shape culture, and ultimately drive the best performance for each employee. She has done this across various industries, which have given her the experience to observe the common challenges leaders face across the board. And she uses a storytelling approach to point out examples in everyday life that inspire all people to reach their leadership potential and be better than yesterday. So our episode today is going to really focus on some of that storytelling. At GE, Karen is responsible for culture and executive development for the power business, with employees in over 150 countries. She focuses on developing leaders to deliver today's strategies, building a rich pipeline for the future. So her background is in psychology, communications, performance improvement, and instructional design, and she is a four-time American Training and Development ATD award winner and eminent thought leader through various publications and keynotes, which we will refer you to later. So welcome, Karen. We are happy to have you on the podcast today.
0: Thank you. I am excited to be here. Let's tell some stories.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I know people love stories, so I'm, I'm really glad we're talking about this topic. So just tell us a little bit, I guess, about what you do with storytelling, how you got into it, and how you use it to develop leaders and shape the culture.
0: I'm in a role where I'm responsible for doing leadership and culture for employees in over 150 countries. Yeah. And I personally believe the way you need to develop as a leader is to have time to re- to reflect about what's important to you and then set intentions on how you want to act. And most people don't get the chance to step out of their day-to-day job and do that in a classroom. And so you need a way to be able to do that on the job. And for most people, the way they do that is a quick Google search on any topic. Mm -hmm. So if you have to have a difficult conversation, you're Googling that and whatever comes up in the top three is what you are taking
1: reading in under
0: five (laughs) minutes and doing. So what I was trying to think about is how do I reach all these employees and give them that reflection and intention? And I found storytelling does that because stories connect us, whether you've had the same experience that I'm talking about in the story or not, it allows for you to think about what would I do in this situation and what do I want to do? And it's surprised me in the impact that it's had. Uh, The stories definitely cut across people, no matter what your gender or where you live in the world or what generation you're from, it's a uniting factor.
1: That is an interesting thing in storytelling that I've heard before as well that given the diverse nature of the work that we do and especially working in across geographies and all of those types of things um stories really have an impact on people even if their interpretation might be coming from a different perspective you you can find that thread to connect the the concepts to to people together um, and find where the commonalities are um, so given that, I mean, what have been some of the results or impacts that you've seen in using stories? I mean, what kinds of responses do you get?
0: There's been so many that have surprised me. I I shared a story inside GE and, and on LinkedIn about when I was in college and I was in the band. Yes, and I remember the, that one. <laughs> yes, it appropriately titled I'm with a Band, and it was a story about being a band member and and how that actually was an honor in the school I went to, and that the football coach at the end of a really critical game came, fought through the crowd with the police escorts tailing him, came up to the band and took his hat off and threw it into the, to, into the band as a way of recognizing, thank you for being here, thank mm-hmm. you for what you do. You might not be a football player on the field, but you're still a part of this team. And so I used that story and it took off. I was amazed how many people it resonated with so much so that on LinkedIn, it ended up getting forwarded around so that the football coach who's since retired, got it and, Reached out. And so it's definitely a a way to create connection. But what that story did is help people think about leadership differently because it was an easy reminder that we have to thank people that might not even be obvious, and that by doing that, you elevate them and help them feel seen. And that really helped me realize that can work anywhere. Whether people followed football or not, whether that's a sport that is common in their country, they could be interested and inspired by that story. I've had um, other stories I've used where I reference a service dog, and I have people I've never met before sending me pictures of dogs from all over the world. I've had... um, One time I was at our our learning facility in Crotonville and I had a complete stranger come up to me and say he recognized me from my stories and wanted to talk to me about the approach to leadership development. And what I've learned is it's not only a way to connect people and and help them reflect and set those intentions, it's a way for you to feel less alone in a really large organization. GE is about 300,000 people and these stories allow for someone in Indonesia to feel more connected to what I'm trying to do and help them be a better leader.
1: Absolutely. And I think, too, that shows, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but just at a high level, I think it shows other people, too, that they have something to say that is worth sharing. Um, I, a lot of times, you know, because we have done stuff with the blog, I know you are, you were a, a big supporter and still are of our Smart Bits blog, where you posted some of your stories. And as we try to get others in the organization to do that, we often tell them, don't be nervous about, about trying to make this some prophetic thing, like share a story. It could be personal to you, even better if it is most of the time. And you will be surprised at what the people who read it say to you and the emails that you'll get uh, relating to you on that. So I think that's just a, a great point about the people grabbing you and maybe having that be some, somewhat of a surprise in some cases as to how it's resonated with people.
0: The, the vulnerability that you feel when you're sharing a story is hard. It's very difficult to put yourself out, especially sharing your own example and be vulnerable. Yeah. But it's exactly that that people respond to. And if you look in the world, there's so many examples of how we yeah. learn through storytelling TED Talks is a great one, and any one of those people on the stage are telling a personal story that you then learn from and feel connected to, and so I'm always coaching leaders on how to be vulnerable so that they're relatable, and Mm -hmm. I do believe through storytelling there's a way to do that without telling things that are private without giving up too much of yourself but also being vulnerable that invites people in and when you're vulnerable people then trust you more which is so important in business.
1: Oh yeah, totally, for sure. So obviously storytelling isn't really new. So why in you like why have you started using it? Like what are some of the reasons that you think storytelling is so important?
0: I am definitely not the first person to talk about why storytelling is important and it can differentiate you as a leader. There's neuroscience behind it that is so helpful to understand. When when you are talking through a PowerPoint slide or an Excel file, any of those things that typically people go through in meetings, it's stored in the brain or, or processed in the brain, rather, in in two areas, Broca's area or, or Wernicke's area. And it's the same equivalent as when you were in university cramming for an exam the night before with your bag of Cool Ranch Doritos next to you. <laughs> right? It's not really the most dynamic way to learn. And you leave these meetings and ask people after what they remember. And you're lucky if they remember 50% of it. So what we found in in neuroscience and in studying storytelling, is that um, we're primed to learn in stories. If you think through history and evolution, cavemen told stories around campfires and on walls. It's it's a way values were taught, things were passed down, and we don't use it. It's almost the equivalent of you have a state of the art kitchen to cook in, but instead you're making dinner on a hot plate in the mm, bathroom. Hmm. So that's the way we tend to approach meetings. What happens with storytelling is this idea of neural coupling, which means if you were in an MRI machine and I was telling you how I'm walking through the snow and the cool air is hitting my cheeks and going up my nostrils and down into my lungs and wet snowflakes are falling on my skin and the snow's crunching under my feet we would see your brain lighting up just as though you were experiencing those things firsthand. And it allows you to store the information along with where you're storing the senses all over your brain. And so if you think about through your life, you can think of stories that people told you and it helps you remember more things than just trying to memorize a list. When you use metaphors like he had leathery hands or calloused hands, the brain lights up as though someone is actually feeling the person's hands. And so when you're using stories, you're engaging all of the senses, which allows for you to store things dynamically. This is why you can smell a perfume and remember a memory from 20 years ago or... Like me, you have a mixtape on and it'll take you back to that time in middle Mm -hmm. school. And so what happens with stories is you're engaging all of those senses and then storing things more dynamically. So instead of cooking on that hot plate, you're leveraging the full kitchen. And so we'd be silly not to leverage this as a tool to do it. Unfortunately, I think that most people feel like I am a data person or I have Mm -hmm. to present data. And so I can't. It can't talk about stories. And the second thing I challenge on that is that data actually doesn't change your behavior. It's emotions that do. Mm. And the way you engage emotions is through storytelling and helping people feel different things through senses. There was a study in Australia where two out of three people who had a heart attack or a heart event struggled to make lifestyle changes. Yes. Even though they knew the significance of it, it was just too hard nurses had them start putting up pictures of their family and their living space and connect to those emotions and the importance of it. And that's when they started to see change. And so you can still present data and numbers and facts and use a story to help that land more dynamically for people.
1: Well, yeah. And that might almost be a requirement, right? I mean, that going to this whole um, organizational impact. I mean, how many times have we seen change attempted to be catalyzed just with data and there's that whole piece where the story hasn't been told to actually really make that that go forward
0: i actually think in this time of data analytics artificial intelligence and as as more things are moving to digital you require someone that can communicate the story in a dynamic way to Mm -hmm. understand what to do and what not to do with the information
1: yeah yeah for sure you hit on a great point um it was actually a, a conversation I saw well it's a conversation everywhere but on LinkedIn I had seen something about this that right now there's so much data out there that it's no longer uh, an issue of is the data there um, but what we are seeing as gaps still is that analysis piece and people understanding not just how do you make sense of the data but you know the stories associated with it um, as a side note I kind of feel like if I'm reading a list and I can have like 10 flavors of Doritos and I eat maybe like one for each part of the list,
0: that might help me remember. <laughs> well, it's an interesting point because too often, where people tend to go wrong with stories is they try to tell way too much in a story. The reason why TED Talks are really compelling is they are 18 minutes or less, and they're about building an idea in your listener's mind. And it's an idea, yeah. and there's supporting points under it, but it's the what is this theme that you're taking away? The hard part is that I see in companies all the time, people will say, well, we want a TED-like talk. So seldom in work do you get 18 minutes to make your point. You have maybe two minutes. And so how you learn to get really focused on what is your idea that you want people to come away with and then start to be able to do that in the moment is the skill to develop.
1: Yeah. Let's continue more on that. I mean, what are some of the reasons that you – see people citing as reasons that they they don't tell stories
0: one is what we just touched on of people think i'm a technical person i need to use data i need to talk about data i can't talk about stories and a story can even be as simple as a metaphor or analogy or picture you want something that's going to help focus the listener's mind beyond rows and rows of data but to what the takeaway is and so if anything i think when you're presenting data it's more important Um, there's so many articles and pieces out there about storytelling and the the critical skill of storytelling as a leader. What I haven't seen out there is where to find stories, how to tell stories. Mm -hmm. So we get the importance of it. I think the reason why people don't do it is they're not sure where to to find the stories or they're afraid to share a story from their own past Uh, A lot of the stories I use are from mistakes I have made because that, you know, through my reflection, I figured out, oh, yeah, no, there was a better way to do that. In fact, I've used a story about early in my career how someone hung up on me. And the way Mm -hmm. I start the story, it sounds like, man, he was a jerk. I can't believe he hung up on you. But then I reveal that it was really my fault, he shouldn't have hung up on me, but the reason he did was because I approached a difficult conversation through what was comfortable for me, not what was comfortable for him, and learning how to think about that differently, that leadership's not about you, it's about the other person and what they need is key. And so recognizing that we all have our own experiences to draw upon that sometimes make the richest stories is is a big one. People do think stories need to be complex, and they certainly can be simple uh pictures metaphors hemingway even had the the six word story mm. i think one of them was an example of for sale baby shoes never worn and in six words that that tells probably six different stories you can think of yeah. um the other thing is i find people don't know how to tell stories, or they think they do. And it starts to come across a little bit like the uncle at a family dinner that's just <laughs> rambling and rambling. And you think, oh, I wish he would be quiet or not tell the same story. So what I do with leaders is, is help them really work through where do you find stories? And then how can you use them to tell stories?
1: Where are some places that you find the leaders end up You know, if you were to think about a leader who maybe was really struggling with something and then where they ended up finding a story, what kinds of places do you see them finding their stories?
0: The place where I've had the greatest success helping people is I have them just think through their career. Everybody has had a first job, a first paycheck, a Mm. difficult project, uh, a of conflict with a team member, someone they loved working for, someone they hated working for, and when you start to reflect, you realize there were learnings in all of those, and so I work with them to really think through what were some of those moments that you can draw upon, and then how do you pick one and start Mm -hmm. to work with it a little bit. I'm a big believer in what I call is like, take people on your journey, which is just even sharing what you're doing on a weekly basis. What are some of the things you're tackling? I had a leader once share share with me that he was preparing for a people review and he liked to give each person a label, just a verb that he would use to describe them. And in the course of these people reviews, hundreds of people are discussed every day but this word that he would use to describe each person would help them be more memorable and mm. stand out. And he just mentioned what he was doing in passing, but that has stuck with me and been something that's made a big difference in how I prepare for people reviews. So looking at what's happening in your past that you can learn from, looking at things around you, there's also the ability to leverage pictures or compare to things that don't seem like they go together that can make a, a rich story. When I was in university, I had a Spanish class that had an exam where you had to go to the front of the room and pick up two pictures and then make up a story in that language. I was a little late getting to the front of the room And I ended up with a picture of a Garfield comic strip, which is a cat that is very lazy, and a picture of a lightning bolt hitting a computer. And I had to make up a story on the (laughs) two of those unlike things in a different language. But it made for a great story about this amazing dream that this cat had. So you can always take things that don't seem like they go together and use those as inspiration as well.
1: Yeah. When it comes to something in what you've just said, um, I think kind of when you're when you're thinking about the reflection piece of storytelling has um, made me think of the element of learning in storytelling. And I know for me, I like to write and talk um, because it helps me get my ideas out, not just to get them out because I think I'm super important and people need to hear them, but because it helps me process a little bit more and see where maybe there's gaps or things like that. Um, And at the same time, I think that is the same with storytelling. As you tell stories, not only are you trying to convey something to somebody else and teach in a way, but you're learning yourself. What impacts have you seen with respect to learning and storytelling together?
0: I was facilitating a, a team through some working through some really difficult change and they were struggling and trying to figure out how do they help their employees stay focused There's plenty of change management models in the world, and I think they were thinking I was going to take them through another one. And um, I said, you know, here's why those don't work, because they assume that change has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and that there's just one thing. And in the world today, there's Mm -hmm. change upon change upon change. And so what I wanted to do is give them a different way of thinking about it. And I said, I want to give you a visual. I want you to picture a plate of spaghetti. It twists and turns. It's a tangled mess. You can't really shape it. Uh, It's delicious, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's hard to work with. And this is what your employees' brains feel like when they're working with change and uncertainty. And you need to remember that because it's really hard to shape. There's just a lot of noise in there. Your job as a leader is to make waffles for them. If you think of a waffle, it's row upon row upon row of these really nice, neatly stacked squares mm-hmm. that can hold as much butter and syrup as you want. But the you can focus on one square at a time. The other squares are there, but you don't have to get overwhelmed by it. And so we talk through as leaders, when you're helping people with change, you need to keep checking in and seeing how do you make waffles for people? How do you focus them on what needs to do? Instead of using the normal change management methodology, we used that, and I knew I was on to something when even the Italian in the group stood up and said, as much as this pains me, I, too, will make waffles, not spaghetti for employees. <laughs> so the interesting thing about that is I had the opportunity to uh, give a TED Talk at the TED Studios in New York, yeah. and it was recorded And I was I've been doing some work with Ted and I stepped off the elevator one day and someone whom I'd never met before points at me and says, waffles and spaghetti. Mm -hmm. And I thought, who is this person? Like, how does she even know me? And she said, I saw your video and that stuck out with me. And that happens a few times at the TED headquarters where people I've never met just remember this. And so you not only have the ability to help people think differently about something through story, they then remember it and use it over and over. And that particular story has come back to me and been quoted to me by people who didn't even know that I wrote it. And so there's the ability to not only help changing thinking through story, but make it be memorable, which, of course, helps you change behavior.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I'm also realizing storytelling must be pretty yummy because we've talked about Doritos and spaghetti and waffles. So I am on board already. <laughs> there is a theme, right? I tend to skew one way. If you, yeah, if you bring food into the equation, then um, I'm, I'll am i remember. And I think the those examples in using analogies too, I think sometimes we have ideas in our head that are a little abstract and you know, maybe the barrier is that we just don't know. How can we convey this? Um, I know that's kind of part of what the the process in TED is, is taking a, an idea and the first point being, how do you create the common, the common reference point at the beginning so that if there are people who are starting in different places, they can kind of all get on the same page. And then as you go through your story, everybody will be able to follow from that point. So- um well,
0: One of the masters of storytelling is Steven Spielberg, and I saw this fabulous documentary on him that came out a few months ago. If you think of the movie Jaws, mm. you think about the water, and it's dark, and you think about those two notes from John Williams, and you can almost feel yourself bobbing in the water, and your heart starts to quicken, your heart rate quickens, and you, if you're like me, you're picking your feet up because you're almost anticipating <laughs> the shark is going to come get you, and, and you can feel like you're that swimmer, which is amazing because the majority of us have never been a swimmer in the ocean that right. is being attacked by a shark. And so a story well told invites you in and no words were spoken in that, right? It's just all through sensory moments that you, you pull people in. So I think about that often. Um, The funny thing I learned in the documentary is that they had severe budget restrictions and actually didn't have a functional shark when they shot the movie. Mm -hmm. And so they had to figure out how do we make a movie about a shark without seeing a shark that often. And so when you go back and watch, it's not there very much, but it, it pulls you in Um, a different example. I think of a story of how you can stretch thinking there is always the interest from employees to understand how their work contributes to a vision, how what they're doing is contributing to the purpose so that they feel meaning. And many people feel like I'm so far removed from what this business is doing. I'm so far down. I don't contribute. I shared a story that, that I had heard that is perhaps fake, but still makes the point <laughs> that in the 60s, John F. Kennedy was at uh, the Kennedy Space Center at NASA and was taking a tour, and he noticed a janitor was sweeping. He walked up to him and said, Hi, I'm I'm Jack Kennedy. What do you do here? And the janitor said, Well, Mr. President, I'm helping put a man on the moon. Right. Yeah. And through that story alone, I've been able to help the, the managers realize you can still create meaning for people and help them see how what they do matters and that every role from janitor to the most senior person has a purpose here. And so stories can help you just evolve your thinking and put yourself in places you might not have been.
1: Yeah. So given, you know, you've given some examples and we've talked about some challenges and things like that. Um, maybe a couple of tips for ways people can find stories. How do you tell a story? Just at the, you know, at the basic level, how does somebody do this?
0: There's so many models of storytelling. I like the one that's memorable and most simple, which is a story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. The reason why that's so helpful to think through most often I hear people tell stories and they start off with, I think it was Tuesday, and I was headed to this meeting. And, oh, you know what? No, it was Monday because I was wearing the black (laughs) pants. And No, wait, maybe it was Tuesday. And so they get hung up on all this information that's not helpful to the story and honestly annoys their listener. What I hope leaders do once they start to think of that moment from their career or something around them that they want to leverage, I have them think through, like, what is a sentence that frames up the beginning, the middle, the end? Or what is the context? What happened? What was the end result? That simple model you can think about on your way into a meeting and it makes your story tighter and it makes sure that takeaway is there. Beyond that, there's many other models, but if you can master that, then you start anchoring a good story with takeaways and it helps you just think in the moment how you can can bring someone along through a story.
1: Sure. Yeah. So the preparation piece is important. If you know you're you're going to need to maybe tie some stuff up versus maybe trying to do it you know on the fly or maybe you haven't had a chance to really shape that clearly.
0: What I do with leaders is I have them build a toolbox. So mm. to list out experiences, moments, things that are helpful that they've learned and then have them start to do this this three sentence approach to it is any new skill, it's building a muscle. The first couple times it feels awkward, but then they realize how easy it is. It's not really different from what you do in a job interview where you're asked about, tell me about a time you you had a challenging situation. So you describe the situation, you describe what you did, you describe the impact, same thing. And so what we're doing is helping these leaders build a muscle and realize they have this toolbox of stories they can draw upon in any moment. And the more you do it, the easier it comes.
1: No, that makes sense. Instead of instead of having something canned that you can just use all the time, just building building the skills so that you can kind of turn any situation into that if you need to using some of the the things that you've practiced. Indeed. If people want to find a little bit more about some of the, the stories that you've written or resources that you have, I know they can follow you on LinkedIn, uh, Karen Eber. Your Twitter handle is at Karen Eber one the number one, not spelled out. Um, you mentioned you've done some work with Ted also. Can you tell us a little bit about that and if people might be able to find that somewhere?
0: The work I did with Ted was they're building an app to help people in business learn to do exactly what we're talking about. Of how do you begin to build an idea in people's minds? Uh, so I believe my talk is going to be in there. I don't believe it's out yet. I actually haven't seen that video myself, okay. so I'm I'm interested in seeing <laughs> it. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the best place. I do include links to other external publications there where I've been published, including that Waffles and Spaghetti story, and I am going to be doing Doing a session, I'm speaking at the Work Human Conference next March in uh, Nashville. So I'd love to meet anybody there who happens to be there.
1: Okay, great, yeah. So that's that's awesome. People can come see you at the Work Human Conference next year if they're in the area, and yeah, they can reach out to you, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever, and pick Karen's brain if they you know want to talk to you more about storytelling and maybe the impact that could be made in their organization or with their employees or even just in their lives. Oh, I'd love that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. That's very insightful. We appreciate your time. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and of course, like, comment, rate, and share. Thanks for listening.